Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, welcome to God's Acre on the go, wherever you happen to be, wherever you're going. Uh, whatever day of the week you happen to be listening to this worship podcast, we're so grateful to have you tune in. Uh, we are going to be turning our attention to our next uh, memory verse for the month of October. This is Proverbs chapter 3, verses uh, 5 and 6, a, a couple of verses many of you probably do know by heart already, um, talking about how God can direct our ways when we defer to God's uh, will and direction. But as we prepare for that word, I want you to listen to our anthem today, offered again by Daniel Carmel. I shared some of his music with you uh, last week. Daniel is captain of the faith boat, which plies the waters of the Sea of Galilee, and he gets us out there and, and then leads us in song. He believes, as I said, I think last week, that everybody's going to need to know a little Hebrew in heaven, so he uh, sings in both English and in Hebrew. And so I invite you to just prepare yourselves to receive whatever word the the Lord wants to impart to you today as we listen to Daniel sing, uh, Here I Am to Worship.
So we're going to turn our attention, as I said, to the book of Proverbs, and I'm going to read verses one through eight, but it's it's five and six, and I'll highlight those that are our memory verse for the month of October. And I do hope that you will take time to memorize these so they, they kind of are internalized in your life and in your spirit. But in verse one in chapter three, it says, my child, do not forget my teaching. This is God speaking to God's people, including us. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and abundant welfare, they will give you. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord, and he will make straight your paths. Those two verses are the memory verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord, and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. The word of God for the people God. Let's just take a moment and pray together. Uh, Lord God, let the words shared in our time together and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. For you, Lord God, are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I I know you're not able to gather around the table for communion today, but uh, it is World Communion Sunday. Um, World Communion Sunday was suggested by the Reverend Hugh Thompson Kerr while he was moderator of the Presbyterian General Assembly in 1930, so uh, well before World War II. It was later adopted by the World Council of Churches in 1940, which was an interesting timing because there we are in a world war. Uh, And it's designated as the first Sunday of October always. It's a day when we recognize our global fellowship and the connection with the 2.2 billion people who identify as Christians throughout the world. Now, I know that we tend to identify ourselves in many different ways, by race, by ethnicity, by gender, 
by political affiliation, by schools attended or jobs held or awards received, or, or maybe by the location in which we reside. However, our primary identity, according to our faith, is that of children of God and followers of Jesus. And, and that Christian identity is more expansive and instructive and enlivening, I think, than any other label we might be tempted to apply to ourselves. I mean, just think how cool it is to be part of such a diverse and global fellowship that continues to grow and and continues to change in really remarkable ways. Uh, In Nigeria right now, in Nigeria, uh, Nigeria now has twice as many Protestants as Germany. And remember, Germany was the birthplace of the Protestant Reformation. Brazil, Brazil has twice as many Catholics as Italy, the cradle of Catholicism. And today, the Bible's been translated into over 700 different languages because that's how many different and unique groups of people share our faith. I think that's remarkable because in an age of divided loyalties and divisive politics and discordant peoples, you know, pausing one Sunday each year to remember and to celebrate the unity of our faith and our global fellowship I think that that is an incredibly important and prophetic and hopeful, meaning hope-filled act. Now, as we here on God's Acre edge ever closer to our tricentennial as a church, that would be in 2033, um, that would also mean we're entering our fourth century as a community of faith. As we edge closer to that date, I've been wondering, what does the Lord want us to do? Where does the Lord want us to go? Who, who does the Lord want us to be as a community of people and individually? Uh, you may remember last spring we had uh, our God's Acre 4.0 session with Alan Hilton, uh, and we were really asking these questions after COVID. You know, where did the Lord want us to go from here? And those are important questions for us as a church, but also individually. I mean, have you ever wondered that for yourself? What should you do now? Where should you go? Who should you be? Because sometimes we don't really know what to do. We might like to put on a good face and pretend, but we don't really know. We need help. We need divine intervention to find our way. Well, our memory verse from Proverbs that we just read, that uh, first verse many of us learn by heart, gives us something of an answer. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord, and he will make straight your paths. Uh, That is uh, more popularly paraphrased, let go and let God. Let go and let God. Just trust in the Lord's leading, and the path before you will straighten. Your way forward will be well lit. Your steps will be well ordered. It's wonderful. And, And, you know, I do believe that's what happens when we put our trust and faith in the Lord. But how exactly do we, do I, access and ascertain insight other than my own? That's, that's kind of always been a nagging question. How, how do I learn the Lord's will for me? I, you know, I'd really like to know, like you, uh, I'd really like to be able to let go and let God, but I'm not entirely sure how to make that handoff. And, and truth be told, honestly, maybe you'll agree with me on this, I'm not entirely sure I'm comfortable leaving important life decisions and family decisions and business decisions to a God who seems quite silent so much of the time. I'm more than game for trusting and relying and acknowledging God, but I'm just not sure how to do it all the time. Now, the good news is that there are tried and true faith practices that Jews for the past 3,500 years and Christians for the past 2,000 years have engaged in for, for just that kind of divine insight that we long for and need. 
you can pray. You can pray to God for direction. Have an honest conversation with God about everything and anything that's on your heart. Perhaps like John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, you, you will find your heart to suddenly be strangely warmed and the direction of your life be made clear in an instant. Or you can read scripture. You can read the word of God. Just turn and point to a passage in the text and read it, and maybe it's going to appear as revelation to you. Or you come to worship. In between stifled yawns, maybe even right now in this moment, uh, uh, in the middle of uh, your fatigue from the past week, maybe in that moment the preacher says something, or a prayer is offered, or an anthem sung, and, and you kind of feel as if the Almighty is tapping you on the shoulder, speaking directly to you. You know, I, I do believe that each of us have those moments then, and that th- those are effective avenues for the Holy Spirit to gain access to our life. But, you know, there's something more. Christianity is a uniquely communal faith. You, you can't be a Christian on your own. It's just not possible. And, and there is something about gathering with other Christians for discernment that can be truly revelatory. And if you think about it, it really is the heart and soul and faith of our congregational tradition. We gather together to figure something out. You know, when we do that, we gather to pray, we read scripture together in an effort to discern the will of the Lord for us. And when we do that in our tradition, oftentimes revelation happens. Insight is gained. Our direction is identified. And, and I, I'm a true believer because I've seen it happen. But I'm also aware that communal discernment tends to be limited by the circle of Christian friends gathered around any one person or particular issue. You know, in a complex age when life and work inside and outside the church are such a challenge, there's a question, how can we extend and expand our circle of friends and faith to allow a bit of the diversity of perspective of our global fellowship into our daily decision-making? I mean, that's the question. I mean, we're part of this amazing 2.2 billion member-strong worldwide fellowship. As we think about the opportunities and challenges before us individually and collectively, how do we tap into that sacred power and creativity of Jesus's global family? The diversity and, and, and unity of the Christian faith is our great power. And I'm, not, I'm just not sure we always make the most of it. Now, I'm not entirely sure why it happened exactly. I can't quite remember the initial impulse. I suspect it had more to do with the grace of God than any personal wisdom on my part. But while I was in seminary, I realized that I was going to need some really good Christian friends, uh, faithful friends to support me if I was going to succeed and be sustained in ministry. Now, let me say, Tammy, God love her and I love her too, is my primary support. I couldn't be doing what I'm doing without my beloved wife, but I needed some friends as well. So I started to collect a group of friends for that purpose. And I remember I wanted them, I wanted to be in relationship with clergy who were bright, who were emotionally healthy, who were pastorally gifted and Christ-centered, and who were different from myself. You know, I remember when I was uh, uh, a senior in high school uh, looking at different colleges, I went on the uh, campus of the college I eventually attended, Gettysburg College, and I remember walking around, and, and I loved it because everybody seemed to be just like me. They looked just like me, and I felt comfortable. Two, three years in, I wasn't quite so pleased with that anymore. Uh, it was actually a little uh, aggravating that everyone seemed to be just like me, and maybe other people felt that too. Uh, since that point, though, difference, difference, diversity of opinion, a background of personal history, uh, diversity in those aspects has proven to be such a gift to me. 
Uh, we're passing out a card, uh, and it's going to be highlighted on our website uh, this morning that highlights my seven closest clergy friends, friends that I've been getting together with for over 20 years. And they are male and female. They are black and white. They are gay, straight, queer. This is my beloved collection of Jesus-following friends. We, we, we gather each year to support and care for one another, to enjoy one another's company. We, we also try to discern the Lord's will for us individually and collectively. And I, I've, I've learned so much. I, I've received so much guidance over the years from this circle of friends. These friends are one of the greatest assets I bring to ministry. When I have a problem, when I'm uncertain, when, when an issue arises and I just don't know how to understand or navigate, these are the friends I call. Not merely for their care and support, but, but for the divine direction I know they provide. And I got to tell you, for instance, with all the questions of race swirling around our country, it is such a blessing for me to be able to text or call Bill Lamar or Van Moody or uh, Kate Haynes or Yosef Surrett and ask them you know, to explain what's going on from their perspective and how might I respond as a pastor when it comes to questions of sexual orientation and gender identity that are so critically important today, I love that I can just call in a moment. I can call Andrew or Laura and say, hey, help me understand the expanding alphabet and help me to understand the sensitivity that needs to be observed. You know, When I'm stuck in my sermon process, when I need to run an idea or vet an idea by someone, I call Eric. You know, One of the blessings of having the diverse group of friends that I have been in committed relationship with for over two decades is that I can ask stupid questions, but very real questions without fear of judgment. And I think that's important. I love to learn and my friends are generous with me when I'm clumsy in my asking or understanding. And that's the gift of a diverse and committed group of Christian friends. There is love and there's learning. You know, I, I, I've talked to some of you who've said, you know, I don't want to enter into a conversation about race or gender or politics because I feel like I'm going to be judged. Well, if that's the case, then the real issue is you haven't established the relationships you need to be in loving, mutual support of one another. Because when you've developed friendships, you can actually have a difference of opinion and learn for, from each other as opposed to being put off by each other. You know, the, the global and diverse nature of our Christian fellowship is such a gift when we dare to take advantage of it. And in that coming together and communal engagement, the love and the insight of the Lord can be revealed to us, as it says in the scripture, and our path forward can be made a bit more straight and clear. So um, this card that will get you uh, with all my friends on it um, is expressive of a plan. Uh, you know, I was realizing in, in our eighth year of ministry together, I realized it's probably time for you to meet my friends. And, and hopefully over time, they will become our friends. I want my conversation partners to become our conversation partners. As we edge into a fourth century of ministry together here on God's Acre, I want our conversations, I want our prayers, I want our worship, our ministry to include an ever-expanding circle of Christian friends. Because tapping into the diversity of Jesus's family on earth is how our faith, individually and collectively, will grow to meet the demands of the future. You know, as I floated this idea to just test it out a bit uh, with staff members and some church leaders, I had one church leader ask me what outcome I was hoping for, and, and was I concerned that one of my friends might say something that would make people in our church uncomfortable? Now, those are two very important questions. Am I concerned that Kate or Laura, Bill, Van, Yosef, Andrew, Eric might say something that might cause discomfort? 
I mean, it's true, different voices and a diversity of opinion can be a challenge, but no, actually, actually, my greatest concern, my greatest concern is that upon meeting my friends, you might ask my search committee, the one that found me, why they chose me. My real hope, the desired outcome, if you will, is that our conversations and our direction for the future would be enhanced by a difference of perspective and ministerial experience. Additionally, I hope that experiencing something of the diversity of my chosen friend group might prompt you to look at your own collection of friends, to consider if your circle needs to enlarge a bit. You trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will make straight your paths. I got to tell you, I'm so really excited. We're going to have one of these friends kind of each season of the year. Uh, Kate's going to be with us in November, and Laura's going to be with us in February, and Bill's going to be with us in March. You know, I'm excited about that. And, and on this World Communion Sunday, when we recognize the global and diverse nature of our Christian fellowship, I hope and pray we will all recognize, by God's grace and insight, that the path before us is a grand adventure that includes an ever-expanding circle of friends, friends who will help us individually and collectively to understand the way before us and to better understand the ways of God. Let's pray. Lord God, it is awesome to think that this faith in Jesus, which was born on the banks of the Sea of Galilee and moved to the city center of Jerusalem, with just a collection of people, is now a global fellowship where people of all different backgrounds and all colors and all races and and all types are unified by faith in you and your son. So on this uh, World Communion Sunday, as we think about the global texture of our faith, help us to tap into that power, to that gift, Help us to expand our own circle of friends, to invite in voices and perspectives that are different than our own, that can not only instruct us, but can enliven us, can make us more thoughtful, more careful, more understanding, more empathetic. Lord God, uh, that is our prayer this morning, uh, and that is our hope for the future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So church family, as you go out into the week ahead, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website www.godsacre.org or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.